0: Hello adventuresses and welcome to the podcast dedicated to women who love horses, travel, and most of all adventure. My name is Heather and I'll be your host today Uh, Well, we talk about um, something that's near and dear to my heart, um, which is heart horses. Um, We've all had one. Some of us have been fortunate to have many heart horses, Um, but today I thought I would share uh, a little bit on the horses that have made an impact on my life. Um, as well as uh, read you a little expert excerpt, pardon me, um, from a book that I came across that I thought uh, was very meaningful and uh, really kind of hit home when when you're talking about those, you know, the, the horses that come into your life, the, the stages of of uh, of your life, the stages of horses in your life. So stay tuned for a really great episode on heart horses. We are explorers. We are trailblazers. We love to do what cannot be done. We love to test our limits, cross borders, and we love the freedom horses bring us. We seek lands without fences. Who are we? We are equestrian adventuresses. We are a community of women who love horses, travel, and adventure. To infinity and beyond! And now, your hosts, Uta and Heather! Today's podcast is sponsored by Stone Horse Expeditions in Mongolia. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to visit a distant land, ride across unfenced grassy hills, down long flower-filled valleys, crossing rivers and mountain passes, making camp in beautiful riverside setting, and watching the horses graze in nearby meadows, all while sipping a glass of wine or perhaps a cup of tea just as the sun goes down? And then do it again tomorrow and again for days at a time. Stone Horse expeditions in Mongolia, with their easygoing yet tough Mongolian horses, each with an unforgettable character, may be just the trip you were looking for to help rebalance in pristine nature with like minded friends after a long absence of travel. Stone Horse provides a safe, small group environment taking care of your needs from the moment you arrive to the moment of departure. Their seasoned staff and experienced trip leaders, their own comfortable handmade saddles, and the delicious meals conjured up each night will make for an adventure of a lifetime. With a combined expedition experience of 40 plus years, the owners of Stonehorse know what to provide you to make each trip a memorable experience. Whether traveling with friends or making new ones along the way, you will add to the story of Stonehorse, and it will become a part of your own. You can contact Stonehorse through their website at www.stonehorsemongolia.com or email them directly at info@stonehorsemongolia.com to learn more about how you can join them as they travel by horseback through the cultural and wilderness landscapes of this enchanted land. Hey adventuresses, so we're back talking about heart horses. Um, so you know when when all of us think back to uh, you know the different horses in our lives um, that have have made an impact, whether it was the very first horse that you rode as a child or maybe the very first horse that you rode as an adult or the last horse that you just rode. Um, they all have an impact um, on your story, on your you know your the way you know the way that has paved your love and passion for horses throughout your life. You know, I was really fortunate that my mom was, uh, was a, a, an adventuresses before her time. Uh, before adventuresses really was a thing, I guess is a better way to put it. She always had a passion for horses, and and I was fortunate enough that when uh, I came along, she shared that with me. And, you know, I have photos of me being, you know, a very small little toddler sitting on a horse. So I uh, guess it has been destined to be something important to me for a really long time. When I think back to the to the horses that uh, really made an impact on my life, I can still remember this little Palomino pony that I rode uh, for Pony Club when I first started riding. Um, now, I can't tell you if Buffy was a gelding or a mare. I can't remember. That was a few years ago, quite a few years, actually. Um, but Buffy was this little pony. Um, seemed little. Now, when I think about it, maybe he wasn't so little after all. But, you know, we trotted around over the poles and and around we went. Um, And then uh, my mom, while I was riding uh, Buffy, she had this huge 16-hand amazing quarter horse named Whiskers. Um, And I do remember this because in grade two, my reader, uh, the name of it was Whiskers. And uh, this big uh, chestnut gelding that she had got him as as a baby. Uh, or as a two-year-old, his registered name was Lord Lucifer. Um, but she called him Whiskers. I guess you know maybe there was like I think in this this reader that I had the cat. It was about a cat who was orange, so maybe that's where it came from. But he was one of those big gentle giants, so I, I don't really remember riding him because he would have been so young. Um, but I do remember my mom riding him, and and maybe she led me around on him. But when uh, I advanced past uh, Buffy. We bought. Uh, I say we. It was my mom. She paid. Um, <clears throat> this this little mare. Um, her name. Her registered name was Pitter Patter Page. I can still remember the day we got her. Um, she was a this bay mare, 14 years old, um, had uh, this beautiful uh, star and a strip down her nose. She was so cute, and she was one of those horses that if I fell off, she was standing there looking at me like, "What are you doing down there? Get back on, let's go." I remember going to many of horse shows um, as a child, and you know. You'd, she just knew it's like she could understand english our human english uh, cuz you know when the judge gave that that nod or the held the fingers up to go to a trot or go to a lope no never never took a wrong stride um and and it was i i still remember the day uh the day we actually sold her i advanced onto a a bigger Fancier horse, I guess, and I remember I was so sad. You know, I wanted the new horse, but wanted to keep the old horse. Wanted to have two horses, and that just wasn't in the in the cards for us. But um, I think sometimes when you sell those horses that are you know mean a lot to you, it's probably best that they leave your farm or leave your barn and go somewhere else because it's a little bit easier. You know, out of sight, out of mind. Um but I did move on to to a, a very nice uh mayor. Um her register name was Miss uh, El Leo and I called her Miss E because I was you know a preteen uh, at the time and thought having you know rap music was probably in and you know having a, a cool name like Miss E um, was really uh, really something. Um, and she she was she was a speedy one. Um, never I wasn't going to place in any Western pleasure classes that's for sure with her. Um, she loved to run the barrels and uh, speed wa- was definitely her thing. I don't remember her being over really big, maybe 15, one, five, yeah, probably about that. Um, but she could, she could turn on a dime and, you know, as a, as a teenager, it seemed like she was Speedy Gonzales, but, uh, but maybe she wasn't really that fast after all, but, but she, uh, you know, was, was a, was a good, um, a good horse and in in the end she ended up with some some feet issues laminitis and and those kind of things so it uh we didn't have her for as long as I would like but um but she definitely was a horse that had an impact I I remember uh, I was at uh I guess it would have been a regional level 4-8 show. Uh, and I got a red ribbon. So in Canada, red is first. Um, and in the barrels, and I think my time was like it might have been a short pattern because the time was like 14 seconds or something, which was super fast for me. Um, but I was so um so excited that we had gone so fast and that I would got this red ribbon, and you know, I might have been like 12, 13 maybe. Um but then after after um after we didn't have her anymore, I did have a period where I didn't have my own horse where we did some leasing, did some borrowing. Um I rode this uh this one big and I, I think he must have been a paint, um, but ginormous, like 163. Um and he had one speed, slow. He loped slow. He trotted slow. He walked slow. I used to have to kick and wear spurs and sometimes use a crop just to get him to go. But he was so kind and, you know, again, never took a sidestep, just plunked along. And his name was Checkers. Um, And, you know, it was, he was, because of his coloring, everybody, you know, and being so big, he stood out and but he he definitely was uh, was a fun horse um and then you know I I slowly grew up and no longer was uh, at home and you know it was like oh time for you know me to to get back into riding and you know I'd had it by this point in time I was married and had started my family but was really missing something in my uh, in my life and riding had been such a big part of my life as a child that I'm like you know what this is what I need so off uh went the hunt to um to find a horse and I I can still remember um and this will age me but there was an ad in the newspaper a for sale ad um so I went and saw this horse and oh yeah he was sure nice and super quiet and so we got him, you know, decided that I'd get him and found a place to board him and, you know, rode lots. And then time came around to have another baby. And, you know, I'd been riding quite a bit and, you know, I would take him up to the mounting block and he'd stand so good. And I'd climb on, you know, seven, eight months pregnant. And um, we would walk around and I was bound to determine I was going to ride Right through, right till the end of the pregnancy, and start riding again. And obviously, you know, things change after you have the baby, and that doesn't become a reality. But um, you know, after after I was, you know, feeling back to normal, back out to see the horse, and and he was right. His name was Ben. Um, super quiet. He just, you know, was was a gentle giant. I think. You know, maybe well, maybe I don't think he was that big, but. Um, but yeah, super, you know, as a, you know, being pregnant, I never once worried that he was going to take an off step and everyone was like, oh, I... and just the way I carried my baby, um, I could sit even in a Western saddle. It was, it was fine. Um, but yeah, did lots, did, did, did lots of riding, uh, and lots, lots of strange eyes when people would realize how pregnant I was and still riding, but, uh, but it did help, uh, help keep my connection well, then I, you know, as, as time went on, I, uh, you know, kids got a little bit older. They started getting involved in, in 4-H and wanting to ride. So Ben kind of had to become their horse. So I thought, well, I'm going to buy myself a Gymkhana horse. I like doing the barrels, the poles, all the fun speed events. And in came Max into my life. Max was uh, this speedy little quarter horse, compact, old, old style quarter horse. So thick, you know could eat until you know he never took his head out of the bale I think um but he he liked he was quick and and everything when then you know as Ben started to get a little bit older you know time moved on and I retired him and um still had Max but Max was a little bit too much for the kids so I uh, I started my hunt for my kids heart horse and uh we were so very fortunate that uh this gelding came into our life. Papered name was Slick Saber. They called him Slick. I'm like, nope. He's 16 years old, but I have to change his name. There's no way I can ride a horse named Slick. How, you know that just wasn't uh, wasn't for me. So we called him Taco. And Taco we had for 12 years. We had him till he was 28 years old. Till he uh, till he laid his head down that day and and didn't pick it up and. You know, we uh he he truly was a wonderful horse. He taught both my children how to ride, who are now both my children are grown men, um and they still have fond memories of uh Taco, their Appaloosa with the perfect imprint on the side on his uh, left shoulder, looked like a man had with a big shoe had stepped in white paint and then pressed his shoe against the side of the horse. It was like perfect. Heel, the little, you know, the square of the heel, and then the little triangle of the toe. And Taco could do anything. You wanted him to run barrels at a kid's speed? He could. You wanted him to do a showmanship class in Halter? He could do it. We were at a a little uh, community show, and they had used that yellow rope, Um, to make the to make the fence line going between the poles and they just tied a little loose uh, loop at the end to loop it over and sure enough out you know my son was doing his little warm-up well taco stepped in that loop what are the chances anyways takes a couple strides well of course when it got tight he just stopped oh my foot is stuck in something i'll just stand here and wait. Till somebody comes in, no, there was no freaking out, no pulling, no nothing. When, uh, you know, everyone tried to calmly approach him and, you know, okay, calm the child, calm the horse. Horse was fine. Child was like, what's going on? Why are all these people looking at me like this? We took that loop off. The hair was barely ruffled on his foot. He just was, just, he, that was just him. He just knew that, uh, oh, something's not right. I'll just stand here and wait till they fix it mom will come and fix it and uh to me that says a lot about a horse that has that the mind that he had to uh to to be that calmness that there would there was just something about him um we lost him um summer of 2020 uh that was a hard day seeing him uh not here anymore. And, and for the months after that, you know, not seeing that friendly face, that, that little, um, knicker whinny that he would make. And, you know, he saw you walking towards the, to the shed where his oats were and didn't matter if he was right beside it or at the opposite end, he was whinnying to you like, yep, I'm here. I'm ready. I want my oats. So, um, now fast forward, um, about seven, eight months after Taco was gone, I uh, that uh, the itch to yep I need something I need I need to fill that void and is when Highlander came into uh, into my life now he is quite a, a very unique unique horse he he's got to be sixteen two if not sixteen three. 3 um, walks everywhere can't you know the only time he gets a little bit excited a moose went to buy his pasture and he, he was upset. Um, but the motorbikes can go by the skidoos. Uh, my husband can have the tractor in the pasture and he will walk out like almost, you have to honk the horn at him to get him out of the way. He's like, Oh, you, you're, I'm in your way. I don't, you don't need my help. Uh, build it, you know, fixing the windbreak, You could put the drill almost to his nose and he was so interested. So, um, I, I think about all of these different horses that have come into my life um, at different times and and they mean different things and um they they really do um, uh, ha- have 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 a place um, in my heart at, at all stages, whether they were teaching me how to ride or taking you know taking me through my teenage years where you know there were a little bit more uh you know uh, uh, the horse always listened or well <laughs> most of the time listened um when you had some tears they were you know the best one to talk to about boyfriends about husbands about kids all of those kind of things so but i did find this um this article and it's a snippet out of a book written by joanne marie um, so I just want to, I'm, I want to share this with you and then I'll share the link in the show notes, but it's called the five horses we meet on earth. Number one, the intro horse. We each came into horses in our own way, but it is always with the horse leading us. This mate might have been a friend's first pony, or perhaps it was a draft horse on the farm you once visited. It might've been a real life meeting or an imaginary one. I was escorted to the party by the Black, Walter Farley's star in the Black Stallion series. Number two, the experimental horse. Once you had crossed the line between, damn, they're big, and wow, can I try that? You found yourself face to face with that horse that would suffer through your early attempts at figuring out the whole horse experience. Wherever this horse came from, he probably didn't benefit from the encounter as much as you did. Three, the connected horse, the first horse we meet, don't really connect with us, nor do we with them. Those are experiences in survival and tests of endurance. The connected horse is the first horse you truly bond with. This is the horse that sounds a chord that lives so deep in you that you may never, you may ne- may, might never have heard of it otherwise. The challenger number four. Into each horse person's life. A little challenge must fall. You'll have you you'll have read that one final training book, bought yourself a clicker and a heading rope, and then you'll stand arms crossed, assessing the situation, as if you actually knew what the situation was. It might be difficult to believe, as you are flying down the down the aisle aisle aisleway, on the losing end of a braided cotton line, but you're actually in need of this horse in your life. Number five, the deepest heart. There will come a time when you look at yourself with a cold, aspiring eye and you'll have you'll have to be honest about your continued ability to deal with the challenger and the other difficult horses. At that point, you'll seek out a horse that will be your soulmate forever. You'll have bought him the most comfortable, best-fitting equipment. Maybe you'll still go to a show and ride brillant, brilliantly or barely in the Alzheimer class. Maybe you'll just stay home. Whatever you do, one day you'll realize that after all the money you spent on animal communicators and trainers, you only had to stop and listen, and you would have clearly heard your horse's thoughts and desires. So that was a a chapter or a a somewhat of a chapter out of Horses in the Yard, edited down um, to a few short uh, um, paragraphs. But um, if you want to check out Horses in the Yard, I... uh, I thought that was a a really great, uh, uh, a little really great story about how, you know, the horses that come into our lives and absolutely, they're the ones that test our patience, but you know, they test our patience and then the next breath, they are, um, you know, leaning into us as we're, cry, you know, wiping our tears away. So I hope uh, you've enjoyed hearing about my heart horses. Um, I would love to hear about yours. So pop a note in the Facebook group, send me an email. I uh, I can't wait to hear about it. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. On behalf of Uta and myself, we do look forward to you joining us again soon. If you like the show, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you will not miss any new episodes in the future. If you'd like to give us some feedback or suggest a topic for a future show, please send us an email or message us via Facebook or simply leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. The greater reviews we receive, the more like-minded people can find our show. And don't forget to check out all the great things on our website, equestrianadventuresses.com. Our goal is to provide you with all the information you need to feel confident to go on your own equestrian adventure. So until next time, adventuresses. Happy trails!